0: This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy.
1: It is the Chicago Verse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists in industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black, Welcome to Chicago.
0: All right, Dynasty Podcasts live from Dynasty Studios in Pilsen. Heima Black here and I'm joined by uh, Kevin Shark who I think a lot of people know from Twitter and also you do really great work with Oxcords Chords and These Days and we're going to talk about all that good stuff but uh, how are you doing tonight, man?
1: I'm good, man. Thanks for thanks for having me. Hopefully I'm speaking clearly into the mic. <laughs> no, no. You are
0: all good, man. You're all good. So, You know, you are somebody who, and I say this to a lot of people, but it's like I I find a lot of my guests on Twitter. Twitter is kind of my, like, platform of choice. It's where I spend a lot of time. I think I like the dialogue on Twitter a lot more than, like, Facebook. And Instagram is an incredible platform, but it's not for dialogue. It's for visuals. So I like scrolling Twitter because people are talking and having interesting conversations. And you're somebody who I've been following for a long time and a lot of people in Chicago follow. And you have this, like, I think very distinct voice. Do you get that a lot? Like, are people like, hey, like i follow you on twitter <laughs> uh yeah i mean i
1: think i'm on there a lot so they see the name frequently and and so it comes up often and, and to your point especially with oxcord twitter is a really good discovery tool and a relationship yeah. builder tool and and i use that and along with instagram to kind of you know get a lay of the land with what's what's going on in chicago often and it is where a lot of relationships start i think uh Oddly enough, that's where my relationship started with my current full-time employer, and the mm-hmm. DJs is really from that, and even these days. Uh, so I owe a lot to Twitter, unfortunately, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it's also taken a lot from me, because it can be a, a terrible place or a really great place. <laughs> it's both at once, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, and we're that's gonna... how everyone feels who's on it often.
0: Right, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we're going to talk about all the things you're doing, but uh, we always kind of start at the beginning, like, you know, bring us into how you got your start as a creative, as you know, somebody who's doing all this cool music work in Chicago.
1: Um, I mean, I really started as a fan. I think that's probably how most people start. I moved to Chicago over five years ago, which isn't terribly long, especially if you're trying to do things in and for Chicago. Ch- but that's all. I mean, that
0: five years. It's not like you got here like three weeks ago. No,
1: yeah, not not fresh off the boat or anything. But uh, for the first couple of years. I was definitely just a fan. I tried to just I was attending everything like I still am and just kind of seeing what was out there, meeting people, and just really like kind of soaking up the scene as someone who's just into the scene and and wanted to go to shows and be at Easter and the whole and, thing. You know, have ramen all over the place and whatnot. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think and then Sam Riddle who. Mm-hmm. started Oxcord DJs. And came, he's in L.A. now. He's in L.A. now. Yeah. He, he works with Rock Nation. He's still involved, although not as much. Just being out of the city is difficult for him with Oxcord. With um He kind of just approached me because he knew that I did design work and was like, can you make a flyer for this thing? And I was like, well, he'll tell me about it. What is it? And it just grew from there. I was like, I, I love the idea um, of having people who are not DJs but have good taste kind of. Doing and there, at the time, a couple years back, there was a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I think like mm-hmm. you'd see celebrity DJs getting booked over actual DJs, and it was a big like Lala after party yeah, thing, at, like the Hard Rock Hotel, and things like that. Everyone knows that they can't really DJ, and we thought it'd be fun to kind of turn it on its head and embrace it. and We're really gonna just own the fact that we're Oxcore DJs, we're just gonna get up there and, and play music by any means necessary and play good music and have fun with it and, and give people a chance to to play music that they want to play and, and maybe don't always hear in East Room or Blind Barber or the mid, the, the venues that we've been able to, to do the party at. And,
0: you know, and to me it feels like the equivalent of, like, in the 2000s there was, like, the iPod DJ. But I feel like the iPod DJ, people really looked down on that. Do you guys still have that stigma when you do OxyCourt DJs? Are there, like, real, quote-unquote, real DJs who looked down on it? Or is it all just a party now?
1: Um, it's always, I mean, there's a lot of different iterations of it. We've done it, like... Um, in October, we did a a long term or a month long partnership with Emporium pop ups around their solemn oath pop up, and that was almost strictly curation. Like the DJ was, we helped pick some really great creatives um, and musicians, people like Homesick from uh, Chris Baloney, I think, so, mm-hmm. I say it, from Grape Tooth, Britt Julius, who's an Oxford favorite. We've had her. A few and and times. who's a
0: fantastic writer, fantastic Britt Julius, writer. and and friend of the podcast. But she's just somebody who does.
1: Really great work. Yes. Yeah. And has an immaculate taste. And it's kind of yes, the total perfect case study for Ox because she can go up there with just her phone and a like couple apps and. Get a room going and that, that's kind of the idea. Well, sorry, what was the question we talked about?
0: <laughs> just if people Brit Julius being great. Just is Brit
1: Julius great and the
0: answer is yes. Yes, Brit Julius is great.
1: <laughs> that was the interview. That
0: was why I asked you here. Uh no, no, no. The the question really was oh, just, just people like people get upset? Yeah, do people get upset or is it like cause again I remember like iPod DJs, there was mm-hmm. a little bit of like, oh, that's not a real DJ. But like it seems like people embrace the aux cord thing a lot and it feels like it's all just kinda like people
1: love it. Yeah, it depends on just, I guess, the awareness level that people have with what it is they're attending. The party started out at East Room, which is a much bigger room than the room that we're currently in, Blind Barber, and I think early on, obviously, there's less familiarity with the concept, but Mm -hmm. also East Room has much more, on a Thursday night when we were doing those, uh, has much more foot traffic and just folks who are there who might not be there for the event, and I think there was a learning curve with while people kind of figured out what Oxcord was about and and what that party entailed, um, there were probably some people in the room who were like, wait a minute, like, what's this dude just hitting next? There wasn't even a transition. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of become, like, the fun part of it is the fact that there aren't those transitions and people can just go, like, Joey Perp went straight from his own song to... Sean Paul halfway through his own song. And I always bring that up. It was one of the best <laughs> moments of the party for me because I was like, it's like it's going to only happen at, at this. Or at, as far as I know, it's only happening at this. Um, so I don't know. I haven't seen, like, any backlash. I think the fact that we kind of face it up and own it. And I think, hopefully, we're providing a place where that trend that of the fake DJ can kind of, like, happen in a a way that's not disrespectful to real DJs because I have a tremendous amount of respect for real DJs. I actually, like, listen to dance music almost exclusively at this point Mm -hmm. in my life. And, like, I was at Smart Bar last night. So, yeah, I hope that no one's ever offended or that everyone who attends the party knows what's going on. I think now more than, like,
0: 10, you know, 13 years ago or whatever, it's, like, there's a lot more acceptance of just, like, Everybody gets to be a curator, whether it's music, yeah. whether it's photography, whether it's, you know, writing on Medium or, or what have you. It's like I think everything is just kind of open and up for grabs. And if you can get people on board with your writing, even if you're not a professional journalist, if you can get a room dancing, even if you're not a professional DJ or take a great photo on Instagram with just an iPhone. It's like, you know, I think I think the field is open now. Yeah, yeah,
1: totally. it's like I mean, everyone has the tools to create a podcast or oh, yeah, <laughs> be a, totally be a photographer and. And enter the conversation, do interesting things, and hopefully the interesting things are rising to the top.
0: Yeah, no, I think they are. So you guys have been doing these days now for, what, three years? Was that what you said? For Oxford? I'm sorry, for Oxford.
1: Um, Yeah, three-year anniversary would be February of 2019. And for most of that time, it was a monthly, currently biweekly. And we've done uh, special events. We did the mid with Fat Tiger Workshop and Twister. I
0: remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That And was, you did like a pivot one as we well, We did right? a pivot
1: gang one. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did a closed sessions one. So those really high-level ones, we've looked to partner with like a collective, I guess, for right, right, lack right. of a better word, that has... An audience that's built in, but it's a few different members. So, like Pivot was a great example of that. Fat Tigers, obviously, a great example. Of and that. they're killing the game too. Yeah, and Close yeah. Sessions was was the third of the big ones, and Close Sessions was joined by um, Andrew Barber and Ty, some guy named Ty from Fifth Yeah Shore Drive. So yeah, those ones, those are the that's kind of the high end of the spectrum. We've also done curation at maybe on the beach. We did the Silent Disco. That was this past this 2018, past summer, right? And yeah. And then we had a stage for a single day at North Coast Music Festival, which was crazy because after we had agreed to do it, we found out that Cole Bennett and Lyrical Lemonade were going to have the same stage the next day and we we're like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're not in the same The the Cole Bennett thing is like, (laughs) that's just its own... Yeah, as a
0: monster. Rocket ride. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's somebody we had on the podcast early on. And it's like, we've actually had him on a panel and on the podcast. And it's like, just to watch that trajectory happen, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's wild. Yeah. So you guys have had a lot of great uh, Chicago-based talent. And and it's not just hyper-local
1: to Chicago, right?
0: It's open to... Um,
1: So we've done a handful of events other places... We've done, uh, there's a Dallas one mm-hmm. that was put together by uh, this kid named Caleb who's helped out with the party locally and was actually doing an internship in Dallas and was just like, I'm I'm trying to throw my own out here. Like, have fun. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. We've done a, f- a few in LA. We actually did a few in my hometown of Kalamazoo, Michigan at Bell's Brewery where some the guy who's actually booking the local talent for Bell's kind of just borrowed the concept and we... Gave him the blessing, and he put together his own lineup of, you know, the Kalamazoo influencers or whatever. <laughs> and
0: and I'm not knocking Kalamazoo. <laughs> like we were talking before, the mic is on. That uh, you know, I have a lot of family in Michigan, and I'm uh, I'm, I was born in Michigan. So like, mm-hmm. so I have a lot of love for Michigan. But like, when you're in a city like Kalamazoo, is it harder to? tap into, I guess, a local scene than place like Chicago or
1: L.A.? I would imagine so. They only did two events, so it couldn't have been terribly successful. I, I, wasn't, <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> I wasn't at either okay. of the events, but, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure we've been able to keep it going for a long time without really having <clears throat> too many repeat DJs, obviously. When we do the larger events like Manby or North Coast or kind of move to a new Venue we look at that as a, a good opportunity to to bring people back who have shown that they're really that they really get the concept and are buying in and, and doing a good job of being a fake DJ like sure. like Brit um, we'll yeah. invite them back but for the most part the the monthly or the weekly whatever we try to invite. a different crew or as many different people as we can week to week and i think you know you were really only able to do that in like a chicago or in new york or in la well in chicago just has something special going on with community right now like the last few years it's really
0: become this like like we're saying like it's very diy and there are these kind of like collectives whether it's pivot whether it's closed sessions or, or what have you but like people are able to actually get together and form something without having to have like a Nike or Red, and and these are great companies, Nike, Red Bull. But like, you don't have to wait for Nike or Red Bull or radio station or whoever to like grant you authority. Like, mm-hmm. people are just starting it on their own. So there's a lot of people to choose from. Mm-hmm. Are there any Chicagoans that you guys are looking to have on that you haven't had on yet? That's like on the wish list.
1: Um, you want to do it? <laughs> I did. I
0: I have I have pitched Welby a few times, and I have said like, listen. I want to do like an all Fall Out Boy tribute set. I have said that many <laughs> maybe times. That, maybe so. that's not the best pitch. <laughs> I guess he doesn't like it. I think there's an audience for it. I think there's yeah. a, like the the um. I we know the Sunday for, night.
1: We should done it for the Solemn Oath one.
0: Yeah, I know the Sunday night um beauty bar emo party is doing like a Fall Out Boy tribute night, and I just saw a billion
1: RSVPs on Facebook. So I'm just saying. Yeah, I think that concept. I think the way to do it would have to be like that. We've we initially tried to re- really. Um, Mix up like the genres and stuff. I mean, we never know what people are going to play exactly, but I think we have better success when there's some synergy between. So maybe yeah. it's like, you know, all rock writers or something like that. Well, and I, do it doesn't that, have to right? actually all be <laughs> Fall Out
0: Boy. For me, like the artists I'm playing are like Fall Out Boy, Kanye West, like things like like a lot of like Chicago stuff uh, and not like only larger artists, but those mm-hmm. are two like go tos. I mean, Kanye, you guys actually had my producer, my longtime producer, Audrey Sutherland, do yes, one and yeah. she played a bunch of Kanye. Okay. I mean, Kanye just always
1: moves the room. Right. <laughs> so. Maybe a little less now. <laughs> it's a weird he's time still, to be a, He still does, but there's definitely. Old yeah. Kanye still works. Yes. It's a
0: weird time to be a Kanye West fan. I don't know if it was ever <laughs> not a weird time to be a Kanye West fan, but, like, it was a lot easier to defend Kanye West when he was, like, taking a microphone right. from Taylor Swift. I was like, Taylor Swift is very rich. I'm not too concerned yeah. about her feelings being hurt. And then he's saying other things, and you're know, like, I'm not defending that at
1: all. <laughs> I just I just stop defending him. But no, it's like it's a if, it's a losing if, battle yeah, at this point. If people want to they uh, all criticism is not welcome unfortunately. But in terms of uh like a wish list, I don't know. I mean like you could there's probably some big names that you could guess that would be sure. on there. Um but I think just maybe more different like we we tend to do a lot of musicians, a lot of photographers, a lot of writers um And initially we talked about like tattoo artists or chefs or um, I think so beyond like just saying, oh, we want chance to do it. Right. Because that's like a given. Right. It'd be like, could someone from the Bulls do it? Like we've had Chicago Fire, um, like the MLS team, we've had Mm -hmm. players from the Fire do it. So I think that would be the direction I'd want to go in terms of a wish list is like what's a, you know... Um, Mitch Trubisky Oxcore DJ set look like. <laughs> sure. And then, you know, let's talk about these days. So obviously
0: anyone anyone watching Dynasty Podcast or listening knows what These Days is, but it's obviously a hyper-local, uh, long-form journalism site. And we actually just had uh, the editor of DJ Booth on last week, and we were talking about just how unique it is to do long-form journalism right now. And I didn't plan it that there'd be, like, two people talking about long-form journalism, but I guess bring, bring us into that, because these days, really, like, I think what you guys do best is the long-form interviews that, you know, a lot of as a lot of sites have moved towards shorter and shorter content, you guys have stuck by, like, long-form. So bring us into that and kind of, you know, what you do with them and, and that whole story.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, these days it was started by Patrick Welby, among others, but Patrick Welby, who I do Aux DJs with in Chicago a few years back. I actually should know but don't know how long it's been around. Um, mm-hmm. I want to say three years. Yeah, three or feels, four years. But yeah, Patrick, um, Brent Butcher, Wesley Parker, Eric Montanez, a few others I think initially um, started it just because they're all like really involved and passionate in the scene. And I think for them too, maybe not initially, but what it's definitely grown into is sort of an opportunity to kind of provide opportunities for other people who are Mm -hmm. fans. Um, You know, Eric is... Uh, involved quite heavily, obviously with Hate Brand and Patrick has all sorts of things. Brand has all sorts of things going. So, these days it's become a little bit of a like an incubator for people who are just interested in the Chicago creative community and want to find you know their footing in it. And an easy way to do that is to write about it, mm-hmm. um, especially from a, a place of intimate knowledge and just like passion and care. So I think what these days always tries to do and hopefully what we hang our hat on is is kind of covering giving artists their best first profile sure Um, yeah 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 Yeah. you know don't really look at like streaming numbers or anything like that it just like it's easy to tell if you're out and around and stuff who is doing interesting things and is building a buzz and is worthy worth covering and you know regardless of where they're at their own career especially actually if if they're early on in it we try to cover them with you know the care and uh just depth that you would for like a magazine profile for fader for you know a little uzi or someone who's really nationally significant we want to you know be able to do that for someone from pivot or somebody who's coming up yeah someone with Eight hundred listeners on Spotify. Who's making really interesting music and opening for the Uzis when they come to town.
0: Well, and it seems like you guys, yeah, you're driven by story. You're driven by like who's got something going on. And talk about your role specifically with these days. Like, are you doing the design work with them? Are you doing like
1: more feature work? (laughs) Or, well, I got so I've only been with these days like officially for like uh, a little, probably around a year. Okay, because I think the first we we just did our year end. Uh, like best albums best projects of the year meeting yesterday which is always well always I've been to two of them it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's always You're like uh, in the 40 years I've been yeah, yes, this. Every year. sure. uh, I mean it was it was a really exciting fun meeting because it's kind of the culmination of you know a lot of things and just really fun to talk about who's had a great year and and hopefully you know reach out and reward them with list placement but that was, yeah, the first meeting I went to was the 2017 version of that. Um, and I initially got involved to try to help with uh, with design stuff because I have a background in that. But it's turned into a lot more of just a general role. I've written profiles, helped editorially, um, just even with like the organizational stuff on the back end. Um, these days is really great because kind of harkening back to what I was saying about Brent and the, the founders mm. making it sort of an incubator um, There's once you're in and have shown that you're interested and dedicated and have some follow through you can kind of do what you want under the umbrella of it as long as it has buy in and consensus from the group so if you want to start a, a playlist which we did this year the mm-hmm. forecast that I curate it's like a weekly, um, new music Friday type thing, just specifically hyper local to Chicago. That's something that you can do. So it's kind of funny. I joined to do design stuff and it's definitely not been as much of a focus as I would like it to be. And maybe that happens in in 2019, but it also speaks to, you know, what's special about these days, which is that you can come in and, and help in any way that makes sense to you and, and, do some interesting things.
0: Well, and you mentioned, you know, we were talking before the mic was on. We we were talking about um, just the fact that, like, it's there's a lot of people who will say, like, oh, man, I want to work for (laughs) Dynasty Podcast. I want to, like, intern for these days or I want to be part of this team. And it's like you were talking about the fact that you guys have, like, these Saturday morning meetings at 10 (laughs) a.m. Which
1: I'm always late for. (laughs) Sure.
0: And and I get it. Like, Saturday at 10 a.m. is hard. But it's like, yeah, it sounds like if you are somebody who shows up, and I think this is true of just most things, if you show up and you show that you're on board people are going to be like, sure, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Try something.
1: And I think, I mean, that kind of going back to your point about what's happening in Chicago, like, yeah, like the playing field is leveled. Like there's a lot of opportunity for spa- and space for people who want to create something cool, like with respect to what's already happening. I think if you just come in with the right attitude and, and look around you and make sure you're not stepping on any anyone's toes, and there's a lot of opportunity to, to make an impact and, and do interesting things and, and these days is hopefully empowering, you know, Columbia College students and DePaul students and mm-hmm. and folks who have grown up on Chance's music and are excited about Sabas and whoever else, you know to, to come, the, yeah, yeah, come yeah, in yeah. and tell us who we need to know about and, and you know start throwing events and well no an one's impact. more plugged in than college kids. Right. They know more than all <laughs> of us. Well yeah so Pat was a Radio DePaul guy, and Mm -hmm. there's like a pedigree of like some of these people who have shown that they cared for a long time, like now trying to do some interesting things and reach back and help other people do the same.
0: That's the only thing, like that's the most important part of it, I think, is like once you kind of get to a place where you can like kind of extend your hand down and pull people up, it's like you're supposed to do that. Yeah. That's, you know, it's a big part of it versus being like, no, 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 this is only my thing. No one else can know what I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, also looking at what you sent me, um, you know, you're talking about doing some like marketing work, UT, something that maybe, you know, we can <laughs> sort of <laughs> allude to with a well-known Chicago creator. Uh, what can you tell us about kind of like your, your work outside of these days and
1: Um Yeah. So uh, my day job, for lack of a better word, I, I'm an associate creative director at a marketing agency called Revolution. And we just moved... To a really awesome ninth floor location in in West Loop, it's gonna change my life because our previous location had absolutely no lunch options, and now I'm just surrounded by it's the best place incredible to Incredible food. Yeah, um, we do a lot of. Stuff around sports sponsorship. uh Continental Tire is a really big client for us. They're heavily involved in Major League Soccer, obviously racing and and tire specific sports sponsorships as well. But we've done a lot of work in Major League Soccer. We do some stuff with esports. Is kind of taking off in the last couple of years. Um, I don't know if that NDA was signed actually. So <laughs> we have good clients. You get e- clients. We have sure. clients in esports. Um, And we've done some interesting things with eSports. That's a world that I'm still trying to learn about and really understand, but it's it's a steep learning curve with the professional video games. But mainly what we do is experiential sports sponsorship activation, so when you go to an event and you see a brand presence, that's pretty much what we do. Like the Lollapalooza type thing, we hopefully make an experience for fans on site that Offers some value versus just intruding on their live event experience. Whether that's a simple premium like a, a hat or a scarf for a giveaway, or you know something much more involved. Like at Pitchfork, when Goose Island was a client, one of my first projects, we actually did a a thing. I think there's st- they might still be using it. It was like a an analog missed connections board because you know at festivals sure. you never have service like right, we right, had right, typewriters yeah. and you could post notes to your friends or like oh, that's you saw cool. someone like across the way and you're like, Oh, I was that's a, useful. Yeah. I was a uh, no name and we caught eyes and I'm wearing a, a white t-shirt. <laughs> sure. <laughs> My number is, I, I don't know if anyone found love from that, but I hope so. As we're kind of wrapping up here, you know, you mentioned that you have a
0: second party called bizarre love, mm-hmm. um, which you're doing with Will Gavin, a uh, longtime staple of Chicago
1: nightlife. Talk yeah. about that and what that concept is. Um, honestly, that concept is just rooted in um, wanting to to try something new, <clears throat> at least for me, and and produce an event that is more in line with what I'm actually listening to. Obviously, Oxcore DJs is not about us at all. Like we are very clear about the fact that the party is whoever's party is on the build that night. That's their party. That's not our party. Right. Um, we're not, I sometimes we'll play music for 40 minutes to fill air until people get there. Um, but Oxford DJs is about the creative community who who, you know, participates in it. And Bizarre Love is just an opportunity to play more of the music that Will and I are into. Will, obviously, is an incredible, like, hip-hop DJ. He plays Blind Barber every Friday, and it's always, like, super slapping but he also listens to a ton of house and new wave and Mm -hmm. post-punk and we have extremely similar tastes in that regard so we had sort of talked for a long time about let's just try to do something like this where we're gonna bring in national talent independently and sort of bookend it with this sort of you know multi-genre little personal wheelhouse that we both share um so we've done it a handful of times, I'd say, like, really two times exactly the way that we wanted to do it, which is we had Kelly Lee Owens, who's a fantastic electronic mm-hmm. producer um, from Wales. Actually, she played with us, or with Will, and, and Ario Zatina and ITXPO, which is John Lundquist, after Pitchfork Music Festival on in, back in July. And then just this past month, we welcomed Gilligan Moss, who are... Transplants, they just moved from here, longtime locals, they're in New York now. But they're an electronic production duo, super dope too. And next month, we're welcoming Mike Dunn. So these are all at Virgin Hotel. Uh, Mike yeah. Dunn will be immediately before Christmas. I think it's hopefully going to be like a really, really like Chicago thing. Um, he's obviously a, a legend of the Chicago house scene, the Chicago OG. Um, and it's kind of like the last going out night before Christmas. Hopefully people who don't live here come home, go, and like people who live here. It's, and people
0: it's, who are like stir crazy, like, okay, yeah. I can't be like three nights <laughs> with my family. I'm going out yeah. tonight. Yeah.
1: Or maybe they'll come with their family. Sure. Bring the family. Absolutely, <laughs> mom man. Mom and dad, come see Mike Don
0: Yeah. Or get some mom and dads on the ox cords. Yeah. <laughs> like, Pat, like, Pat's like dad has done it. I feel like that's Does like it? when you're like nine years in, and you're like, we've run out of people. It's like, all right, <laughs> we've got Saba's. Uncle, you know what I yeah, mean, or something like that. That
1: would make sense. They're, like, super about family. But Pat's dad has actually done it. Pat's dad is has an insane record collection and really good taste, and he was in town, happened to be in town one week of Oxcord, and he did the opening set. So That's we've awesome, had, man. We've had dads before.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oxcord, we've had dads before. Uh, what's coming up for you in 2019? What are you excited
1: about? What's on deck? Um, man, I'm excited about all that stuff we talked about. Yeah. I think I'm just super stoked about a lot of things that are happening in Chicago, and I, I really like, just feel, grateful to wake up every day and and do, stuff that interests me until I go to sleep. Um, it's the dream. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of really fun things, exciting things to look forward to. I mean, it's almost festival season. Almost. Yeah. Basically, we're it's back almost, around. It's so almost almost <laughs> festival season. Yeah. yeah. Just I guess going to a bunch more concerts and and. Digging in with these days, seeing where Oxcord can go, and, and really, like, pushing Bizarre Love. I, I think Bizarre Love is probably m- my baby right now, so that's the thing I'm most excited for. Um, and then, yeah, just being in the West Loop at the day job and get a bunch of good food for lunch. <laughs> uh, I think final question, this is the big one we should go out on, like, a lot of people
0: love your Twitter account. <laughs> so I, I guess two-part question, like, how do you feel about people's response to your tw- Like, why do you think your Twitter has caught on, and... If someone wants a follow-back from you, how can they get that?
1: If someone wants a follow-back, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you like surprise me. Yeah, no, I, if they asked for it, I probably would never. That would be weird as hell. There's always like a weird, not stigma. Stigma is the wrong word, but like when you're talking about Twitter in real life, it always feels a little a It's little weird. Goo- yeah. a little it's goofy. a little like
0: don't talk about Fight Club. Yeah, it's yeah. just
1: like so uh, I guess if you like to tweet of mine, just li- like it and keep it moving. <laughs> don't, don't bring it up in person. Cause then I like remember that real people are reading them and get self-conscious. It's yeah. just like a stream of consciousness. It's, it, it's weird. Like
0: I think a lot of the digital things in our head, we just think no one, even to this day, I've done this podcast 13 years. And when someone's like, Oh man, I listened to that episode. I'm like, how did you hear that? I'm like, Oh, I put it on iTunes yeah, uh, and I promoted it for two weeks on
1: Twitter. Out there for every,
0: yeah. Um, right on man. Uh, Kevin shark doing really cool things with Oxcore DJs, with These Days and everything else, man, and also Twitter. Uh, I'm glad we got to keep this conversation, or start the conversation, rather. Um, And let's have you on again, man. This was cool, and and keep doing cool work, man. Thanks for coming on. yeah.
1: Keep keep up the podcast, I think. There's a lot of, we didn't really touch on it, but there's a lot of similarities to what we've tried to do with Oxcord and and what you've had a lot of success with doing with this for a long time, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm all down for, like, some kind of, like, crossover, cross-promotion event, something like that. So, like, we should figure that out in 2019, but I'd love to find a way to, like, you know, bring some of what we do to what you guys do, because I think it's, you know, I I think it's an easy partnership and it makes sense, and you guys are doing cool work, so keep it up. Let's build. Yeah, let's build, (laughs) fam. Awesome, thanks.
1: You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, Dynasty Descend.